When I came into Overeaters Anonymous, I thought it was a dirty, rotten shame that I had to come to a place like this. You know, that I had to be a compulsive overeater, that, um, you know, I had to be saddled with this kind of a, what it, this burden. And I am so grateful today that I am a compulsive overeater and I know it. And I have a program for living that works. And it's called Overeaters Anonymous. And I'm just so grateful that I, that I came here. Um, just, a, you know, I, just a little bit, I guess I'll just share where I'm at today. Um, you know, I am over 50 plus plus. Uh, actually, I'm 60 years old. And I forget that I, you know, it's like I am more alive today than when I came through the doors of Overeaters Anonymous. You know, I uh, I was 33 years old, going on 133, and uh, I was having breakfast with a friend today, and I said something about my husband not had when we met that he I knew he didn't have the energy level that I had, and the person said, Cheryl, no one has the energy level that you have. I am just so grateful to be alive and and uh, to be free and to experience whatever comes my way. I just am really grateful for that. And it wasn't always that way for me. Like I said, when I first came here, I thought I, I told you already that I thought it was a dirty shame that I had to be a Twinkie freak. I, uh, you know, I thought it would be much better if I could have been an axe murderer. You know, something with substance. Uh, I don't know. But I, I just, wasn't impressed at all with the fact that I was a compulsive reader and I had to come to a place with other compulsive readers. It was just, but when when I I when I came to my first few meetings, I fell in love with Overeaters Anonymous, and I fell in love with all of you, and I fell in love with God's kids, and and my people. Because you are me, you know me, I know you, I identify with you. When you share from the, your pain, I can identify with that, and it endears me to you. And, and I'm just so grateful for that experience, and, and that I kept coming back. And uh, I, uh, I came to meetings for three weeks. Uh, no, yeah, three weeks before I even tried abstinence, I just came and argued. I I just kept coming back because I was really so desperate and I didn't know it. I was bankrupt in every area of my life and I didn't even know it. And the things that I'm saying, I don't know where I've heard them from other people, <laughs> you know. To, uh, but I was. I uh, I was insanely jealous of my husband. He was very handsome and and thin and. Uh, I just knew every woman in the world died for him, and uh, I came here because I wanted to make him, I wanted to get incredibly thin and have him and all the men in the world die for me, I, you know, just for a moment of my time. And, uh, and I, I found early on that uh, I wanted to make him really jealous, like I had always felt, and and the first time I saw any jealousy in his eyes, I realized that it isn't a pleasing feeling to have somebody 
suffer pain. And um, it, it went, my that feeling left immediately. We were... Um, we did not have a good marriage. I remember my first sponsor, I asked her if um, I thought one of the prerequisites of this program was that you got divorced because a lot of people come to Overeaters Anonymous, they get a lo- they, they get abstinence, they, they lose a little bit of weight, they start getting some self-worth, they start uh, looking outside of themselves for activity and you know, for whatever reason that happens, their change happens, and and I and and the, when I first came into the program, a lot of people in my area were getting divorced, and so I really thought that that was a prerequisite for recovery. Um, and my sponsor said no, you know that the, I I didn't get to do that, uh, and I I thought that. Uh, when I first heard that they practiced these principles in all their affairs, I thought that that meant that we all got to have them. And, um, you know, I, and that isn't what it means at all. I, um, so, I, I was in program for, um, three weeks and I started abstaining and, and what happened is that I, I hit a surrender and I didn't even know that I was really ready to surrender. I kept coming back to meetings. There was a young man who who talked to me, spent time with me and shared with me that valuable information that we need to hear, you know, that we are compulsive readers and there is hope for us. And, and uh, after about three weeks, it, I hit a, a, a surrender and I only have 20 minutes I have to tell you um, so and I got down on my knees and I said a prayer and I've learned to say it in every area of my life and and that was you know God if you're there like these people tell me then you've got to help me do this thing I was so I'm grateful that I knew that there was a God that I I wasn't angry with God I just thought God was too busy to be concerned with my weight and me and that I didn't deserve it and wasn't worth it. And when, when I came to this program, I felt that I apologized for the space that I took up and the air that I breathed. And I, you know, I take as much space as I can today, uh, you know, and I let you know that I'm around, and and I am so grateful for that. I work, um, I'm jumping around, but that's okay. I work today um, in a... I never believed that I would ever be where I am today. I work with youngsters, well, they're young men. Uh, with um, I work in uh, background investigations for the County of San Bernardino, and uh, I, most of the background investigators are in their early 30s. You know, so I'm old enough to be all of their mothers, and, or well, their mother, and uh, and. Uh, and 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 it's so delightful, you know. And and I I realize that working there, because they do work in law enforcement, they have learned to laugh at the horribly painful things that happen in life, and they 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 pick at each other and they laugh at you. And if you have a flaw, they they laugh at your at what they'll pick you to death. And I thought, you know, I would have never survived when I was a newcomer if I did gotten in that job and so my life since I, I came to this program has has everything has changed you know the only guarantee we have is change 
And when I've been ready for whatever the change was, even if I didn't know it, the change has happened in my life. And the thing that I get to do in this program is accept what is the reality of today. That's a, a great gift that I've been given from this program is to live in the reality of what really is and the world that really is and not la-la land or looking at the world through rose-colored glasses. <coughs> Getting up on a daily basis and uh, saying, hey, you know, God, here I am. Uh, I We have another day. You know, I used to say, oh, God, we got another day. And today, I, said, I you know, I get up and I say, great God, I'm glad I have another day. And when I open my eyes in the morning, I'm just so grateful that I'm still a- alive and uh, open to whatever life has to offer for me today. Sometimes I don't like it. Sometimes I'm not impressed at all with whatever it is that I have in store for me. But acceptance is the key. And uh, that when, as, um, well, I think it's in the big book, is that, you know, when we accept things exactly as they are, they change. You know, and that's what it's all about. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, what do I want to say? What am I supposed to say? Uh, Reality. Uh, my reality has changed. Uh, I was in program for um, about a year and a half abstinent. I thought that I really believed that if you lost the weight, the world would be at your feet and everything would be awesome and wonderful. I didn't think that I needed to work the 12 steps. I didn't like them at all when I first came here. I, I um, did not want to have to write an inventory. I did not want to look at me. I would much rather look at you because I knew what was definitely wrong with you. And I didn't want, I, I kind of knew what was wrong with me in some areas, but I didn't really want to take a look at that. I didn't want, I, I just didn't want to see. I didn't want to know. And uh, what happened for me is that I hit uh, after three weeks in this program, I started abstaining after, I would say, probably a year and a half and a 50-pound weight loss. I had an emotional surrender, and I took the second half of the first step. The steps have been very important for me. I think that's why I'm still here. When I first came here, I thought, you know, why would... They look stupid. You read them, and, I mean, they seem, you know, blah. Like, why would I want to do that? Why would I want to read the big book? It's really boring. I don't find it that way today. I read it, and it's like, even when we read the four today, I thought, that stuff is just the best stuff I've ever heard. I, I am awakened to a whole new way of looking and living. And, and I hope that that never stops. And I don't think that that has anything to do with your chronological age. I think it has to do with what's going on inside of you. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, I, I hit that emotional bottom, and that's when I started working the 12 steps. And that's when a whole lot of things changed in my life. When I was at the sixth step, uh, this husband that I had was... Uh, he, he had a, he had a lot of good qualities, but we just weren't good together. And uh, 
and he was not the way that I wanted him to be. And I really had to work an Al-Anon program to let him be the way that he was. And what happened is that he chose to leave the marriage. And I was working my step six at that time, and I thought, okay, um, this was my, you know, when we become entirely ready for God to remove our character defects. I thought he was my major character defect and that God was removing it. And 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 that, you know, it's like what happened is that God, you know, he left and I really got to look at me full bore. And I could see that I, I had my fear was what kept me there, my fear of being alone. I, I was afraid that that no man would want me and afraid that they all would I mean you know it was, and and my because my whole my whole idea about life was that women were only as valuable as the men that wanted them and what has happened for me is that I have found that I have value and worth as a human being all by myself because of God and the 12 steps of this program. And I am so, and I'm so grateful for that. No matter how old I am, you know, I want to live forever. I, you know, I'm, I'm going to be really old before I say ta-ta. You know, I, um, and it's just, it's just a fact. And I'll be really bad, mad if I don't get to do that. Um, but, um, so, uh, you know, I, uh, so what happened is a lot of things, you know, there's just so much, um, a lot of pain, and and I'm as grateful for the pain as I am for the joy, because I am so glad and so grateful to feel, because I didn't feel anything. I was numb when it came to this program, and I, I am, I just, uh, even the bad feelings I like and because um, I like feeling um, I like feeling good better than feeling bad uh, so anyway um, I was on a roll and I forgot and I I, I fell off anyway um, so I my husband left oh, and I, I I was really afraid I, I got into a lot of, of I call it self-discovery and what it was was a little bit of promiscuity uh, mixed in there and I had a surrender in that area I got into to discovering my sexual being and I, I at that at the time that I came into the program there were a lot of people talking about sexual freedom and and since I was becoming free, I wanted to be free in all areas of my life. And, uh, and, and uh, you know, and what happened for this compulsive overeater is that I realized I went full circle, 360 degrees, back to where I was before I ever started exploring that area of my life and realized that for me, uh, whenever I experience of sex with with someone or share in that area that a part of my soul is in that and that I don't really feel good after it's over and it, it's not it's just 
the way it is and that I went through a surrender there and I, I surrendered that uh, and that, that, that took some time. I was single for 12 years and it probably took 12 and a half. No. <laughs> it, I was, no, it, it took some time and it was a process. It was, a, you know, a, a self-discovery for me. That's what's happened for me in this program is that, that it's been a process of self-discovery emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And, uh, I have a relationship with, I am really grateful for the relationship that I have with my higher power, whom I choose to call God, and uh, uh, I, I thought just crossed through my mind that when I first came into this program, I wanted my own personal God, and so I called God Charlie, and every day I got up and I just said, hey Charlie, we got another day, you know, where are we going to go today, and I had Charlie for my higher power for uh, quite a few years and, and I, I got a promotion at the job that I was in and uh, my boss's name was Charlie and I said uh, to a friend of mine, I said, oh, it's wonderful. I not only have a higher power named Charlie, but I get to work with Charlie every day. And my friend said, be careful who you're hired who you choose to be your higher power and so what happened is I was only in that job for a month and the girl that I replaced uh, her position was eliminated and she came back to, to my job and I, I went to work for someone else which was an awesome thing and I didn't look I didn't see it that way at first I thought isn't that the story of my life? I get a promotion. Yeah, I get a promotion, and then it's taken away from me. You know, and what happened is that I didn't know that I was being taken to another opportunity for growth and learning. And the, um, so I, at that time, I realized that giving God a name other than His or hers or whoever. Uh, that I was putting limitations and God is limitless and that he, he's just there and that so I haven't it's been a long time since God was Charlie for me but it worked in the beginning and whatever works is great and um, so when I went on to the new job that person my boss was the most awesome guy he was married and treated me with such respect and was very good for my oh wow five minutes treated me with such respect that it helped me in my recovery as a woman to realize that I have value and worth as a human being um, just to tell you a little bit more and I have to talk really fast because I don't know if I have five minutes is um, that uh, uh, my husband and I I got, okay, after 12 years and, and finally surrendering that I would never, never be married again. I was going to be single forever and, and, and abstinent and it was just going to be the way it was. And I'm not abstinent since that. And uh, it's just going to kind of be like that. And I met my husband and he was not, I didn't meet him a moment too soon. He, uh, he was perfect for me. We're, we're goofy together, and, uh, you know, I, I remember uh, saying, um, well, asking him why he loved me, and he said, because you're goofy just like I am, <laughs> and, uh, 
and and he he is he's just pre- he's just he's precious and we've been married for almost 11 years and he has some health problems right now and and I just keep praying like crazy that you know I keep working on acceptance and I keep praying like crazy that God will heal him that I keep thinking that if I reach over and touch him you know I'm going to be able to heal yeah and, and it doesn't work but um but I can love him and and uh cherish him and I think that's what God has intended for me and for him and for all of us to have people in our life that we love and cherish. And I think that's one of the things that we learn in this program, that it's all about the people in our life that we love and we cherish. And it began with my loving and cherishing you. And uh, so then I was able to love and cherish myself. And now I'm able to love and cherish the people in my, the other people in my life. And uh, Rick and I... Uh, that's my husband's name, uh, in case you didn't know. Uh, we we are, are raising our grandson. Don is 15 and Travis is 12, and it, it's a home living experience. Uh, because I'm older and wiser and in some ways dumber, you know. It's like I just, um, it's the first time for me and so I'm learning with them and uh, Don just graduated from or promoted from 8th grade to ninth grade and uh, they're just awesome little dudes and uh, I just I love them both and I they came from a, a horrendous uh, living experience their mother died of chronic alcoholic liver disease that's my daughter and uh, their dad is out there doing his thing and uh, we have we interact with him now and then and that's a whole nother living experience so you know it's like everything uh, and they keep me young you know I I'm I'm like a teenager and with them we we do all kinds of things together and uh, I'm so grateful for that and I'm so grateful to be abstinent and they and they, they even know what I have to do and so they kind of they watch what I'm doing to, to make sure that I'm doing what I need to be doing. They're so cute. And, uh, you know, I have other grandchildren. I um, I have an awesome, I have a great job. I have a great marriage. I have a great life. And I owe it all to this program, God and this program, the 12 steps, and for you, the experiences that you brought into my life. And I think my time's up. And thank you. I have two more minutes. Well, I I think I'm done. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Rumor has it we're being taped, and so um, if you're going to share, after you share, can you sign this release form, please? And I'm going to leave my pen. I want to. <laughs> um, I'm up here, so I'd like to share. <laughs> My name's Lisa. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, and um, I, I volunteered to do service when I signed up for the um, the Region Two convention, and I got this email back from Ida, who I didn't even know, and she said you're going to be moderating the 50 plus meeting. And I emailed her back, and I said, is that 50 pounds or 50 years? And I and I and I said, Cause, you know, as I'm not 50 years old yet, but I've lost more than 50 pounds. And she said, don't, don't worry, honey, you will be. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I thought to myself, 
I thought to myself, you know what, it, I, I, I want to be 50 in this program because I, I left this program. I came in my 20s and I got it and it was great and I figured I didn't need you anymore and I left and I was just going to binge for a day and it ended up being five years and over 100 pounds. And so um, I, my birthday is June 6th also. I just celebrated oh, a year. Wow. I just celebrated a and I had a 96 pound weight loss, thank God, thank God, yeah. Um, and I heard you talk about sex before, and, um, and, uh, and so, and she's almost, she's 60, so things are good. Hi, I'm Daryl. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, I'm Daryl. And after uh, listening to Cheryl, I'm glad I got to come back up here and and, uh, and listen to her. But the 50 plus, I am qualified to be here, and uh, I'm uh, really uh, more convinced than ever that this is a God of second chances that we find in this program. And um, and, and I know in my own case that uh, I'm 63 years old and have been in program uh, since I was 47. I, I came here uh, almost 16 years ago. And uh, uh, since coming here, uh, that uh, I have a new career, I have a new family, I'm a dad again, I have, uh, you'll, you'll see us with our, our little boys, I have a six-year-old and a three-year-old, and that's after doing a, uh, a somewhat shoddy job with the, uh, with the original wife and the original kids, and I really believe that because of this program that, uh, that I do get a second chance, I get to do it again, I get to do it right this time, and, uh, and, and I know I may be not doing it perfectly, but I'm a better dad and I'm a better husband, and, uh, and I thank God for the opportunity, and I thank all for the opportunity. Um, there was somebody, I was at a meeting that uh, uh, took a, uh, had run across a, uh, a website that uh, that talks about life expectancy and they, they put in their old numbers before OA numbers and their current numbers. I did the same thing and my old numbers I would have died when I was five years in OA in, in uh, 1992 and today my life expectancy is uh, age 88 and I thank God and I thank OA for that too. I'm Maureen, and I'm a compulsive overeater. And I'm not quite 50 plus plus yet, but almost. I came back to this program in 2001, and um, I've been abstaining ever since September 12, 2001, and I've given away almost 70 pounds or more, I don't know, and um, she keeps patting my booty. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, you know, being, I'm a great-grandmother. And I have a little four-year-old great-grandson and four grandchildren. And two years ago, my life was in the toilet because I was out there in Maureen land. And uh, my mother died in 2001, and I went, I'm making a long story short, went to Lake Cap, or, yeah, Blossom with my kids with their boats. They said, Mom, you need to get away. Well, to make a long story short, there are pictures of me on that day in the water with my grandchildren looking like a whale. Del Kenning don't even own a bathing suit. And um, 
I said to myself sitting on the shores that day, I said, next summer is going to be different. That was last summer. I said, next summer is going to be different. And it was because I bought a bathing suit for the first time in 20 years. Um, in January, um, this, you know, when you're getting older, it, you know, sometimes it can suck. But what reminds me is, and what keeps me going, and is of the hope in these rooms of Overeaters Anonymous. In January, um, I had my yearly physical, and even abstaining, my cholesterol went up to 255. And I said, oh my, that's not good. So I changed my eating immediately. And I also did something that was very courageous for me, and because of this program, and I was ready at the time I joined a gym at 58. That was a, a gift to me for my 58th birthday, which was in March. So I've only been going for a short time, but in that short time, I lowered my cholesterol back. Last time I had a test, it was 222. And it might be even lower now. But, you know, um, I wouldn't have been able to do a lot of these things if I hadn't come back to this program of Overeaters Anonymous because I was out there doing the daisy, doing it the way Maureen wanted to do it, and it wasn't working. And today, you know, I, I love Cheryl so much. Um, I want to be like Cheryl. I really do because I know, I know Cheryl a long time, and um, she gives me a lot of experience a lot of hope. She gives me a lot of love and she gives me a lot of understanding. And um, I know a little bit of Cheryl's story. She didn't share it today, but I know a part of her story. And I remember when she went through this very painful, painful time in her life. And she did it absently. So today when I'm going through pain, which hasn't even come close to hers, um, I abstain because Someone said earlier today, you already have a problem, and if you eat, now you have two problems. Uh, and I don't want two problems again. So today, I do it one day at a time. Um, I abstain from compulsively overeating, and my life is probably the best it's ever been this moment. I have people in my life who love me unconditionally with all my faults and flaws and shitty attitude sometimes. They love me anyway. So thank you for letting me share. Hi, I'm Sue, a compulsive overeater. Hi, Hi Sue. And um you know, I'm 57, and a lot of the times I, a lot of people I hear say, you know, had plans when you're younger. They talked about, you know, thought about what they were going to do, and I I don't think I ever had that. I thought, oh, married kids, you know, the, the usual little girl things. And uh, my life is, is not like that at all. And um, I have four grandchildren. I have one daughter, and I have four grandchildren, and I've been divorced um, 11 years. And five years ago, I went to live with my daughter and her husband and their four children. They invited me to do that, and it's the best experience of my whole life. Um, I, I work. I go to work and do all that. And um, OA has, I think, helped so much this last, since January and, and December. I've been in OA, in and out, and then I've been 
the certain meetings and left those meetings to go because I live in Murrieta and drive into Cucamonga for meetings. I prefer to go to those meetings than in Temecula. So um, being doing that has um, helped me so much with you know some problems that have come up at home that um, it that gives me perspective always as about you know life problems and what's important and what's not important you know to pick your battles and you know uh, let some things go and just go unsaid and um, my sponsor and um, the people that I can call in OA you know to give me the guidance to um, live a fruitful life and um, enjoy my work and my grandchildren but that to me that's the most wonderful thing and I think you know, I never thought I would be doing that at 57 I never even you know I never planned ahead or thought of any of that I just did life here it was okay I'll just live it you know so um, I'm just grateful that God has given me um, the friends and the fellowship and companionship of OA and um, the tools to um, be abstinent and um, I just thank you
My name is Gail, and I'm a compulsive eater. Hi, Gail. And I'm actually older than Cheryl. <laughs> God loves Cheryl. She's been such a good friend. A lot has happened in my life, and um, I came to OA, I don't even know, 18, 19 years ago, something like that, and stayed around a while, and uh, got a husband, and ate, gained 100 pounds over that, and... Uh, Lots of things happened. Uh, God played some really strange tricks on me. But through all of it, I've grown more and more and learned that God's taking care of me. And uh, that particular husband disappeared. And uh, I finally had to end up divorcing a, a nobody so I could go on with my life. And knowing, realizing that God wasn't true with me yet and I was I'm still okay and um, God sent me another husband to be my spiritual guide and we would have been married three years last month but God choose, chose to take him home and have him pass away on my 60th birthday and uh, through all of that I know, still know that God loves me and I still know that I'm okay and uh, because I, you know, he just takes care of me, and I feel such peace and such calm. And um, I, I, I got to decide I need to take care of myself, so I started going to the gym and found out by doing that that I irritated a whole lot of medical problems by doing it, but I'm still going to the gym anyway in a moderation because I want to live. Um, the last time I had my cholesterol taken, it was at 350. And I had it taken last week, and it's now down to 212. Oh, so I'm able to take care of myself today, and I don't even want to tell God what I want to do with my life because he'll just laugh, you know. So all I know is today as I show up, I do what I'm supposed to do. I watch what I eat. I pray. I meditate. I talk to God a lot. I just I go to meetings and... I know today that my life is the very best it's ever been and that it wouldn't have been if I hadn't found my way to this program. And I need to tell you I found my way to this program by my Eskimo over here. And that's a long story in itself, so thanks for letting me share. Jerry, a compulsive overeater. Hi, Jerry. And uh, yeah, I, I didn't think uh, I'd be around this much. I really didn't. Uh, in, in a lot of ways, uh, I didn't think I'd be alive. Uh, I, I'm 55, and, and I was lucky because I, I was. I wanted to be able to make it past 50. That's when my dad died. And uh, tomorrow. It would, it would have been 24 years I've been married. I got married. Actually, I met my ex-wife at, at an OA function like this back in uh, 
1978 on April Fool's Day at the Concord Hotel in uh, the, the second annual East Coast Convention. I, I came into OA when I was 24 years old, and I've never stopped coming. I've never, ever, 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 ever stopped coming, ever, except, you know, being in the hospital when my son was born. Or, uh, but I've always come back to OA in, in, in that time. So sometimes in, at the meetings they uh, ask about abstinence and uh, give a brief qualification. So all I ever say is I've been in OA for 31 years almost, and, I, and my highest weight was 400 pounds because I don't want to connect that with a food plan. Because that would be a big lie, you know, obviously I gained hundreds of pounds and lost hundreds of pounds a couple of times in, in the 31 years. And Boy, I'll tell you, it's different now, being 55 opposed to being 24, what a big difference. And I notice even like at the conventions, you know, I see the younger people hanging out, and I used to be those younger people, you know. And I say, why don't they ask me where I'm going for dinner tonight? I hear they're making their plans, but you know, that's all right. I, uh, I, I have love in my life today. I really do. I'm, I'm well taken care of, and uh, there's someone special. And, uh, and uh, you know, I still think about you know what I could have done right you know, in the marriage that ended in, in 23 years and whatever the, the divorce decree said. And uh, I have no, you know, I, I, I'm grateful what I've done because I, actually at age 50 I was thinking, when can I get out of this marriage? You know, I cannot take this anymore. This is. This has gotten too bitter. It's gotten too complicated. You know, it's like I'm going to be having surgery on July 1st on my low back, and uh, it's difficult to walk around with a cane. You know, I, I, you know, I lost this weight, and I want to look like, you know, I, I don't want to look like I'm 55. And I now, you know, it's actually I feel a lot younger in a lot of ways, though because I've never lost contact with my higher power and I've never lost contact with OA which made me slightly lose contact with my higher power so, oh, I didn't want to come here I mean I did want to come here I was looking forward to this meeting and the lateness part is just habitual and uh, I used to come on time when I was 24 maybe I think because I'm older I could be later I, I don't know that, that. <laughs> so I just want to throw that out there that I'd like to correct that <laughs> Thank you. I'm sorry, Mr. Share. And, uh, <laughs> I'm 53 in July, and I feel younger um, today than when I was uh, 20. I came to OA in June of 89 after gaining and losing 700 pounds. I weighed 250 pounds many times, and um, I'm maintaining a 125-pound weight loss in this program. But it, it's a day at a time. And um, I'm sponsoring women now where I live that are about, oh, late 60s and early 60s. And they are dropping weight like sticks of butter. I call them my sticks of butter because they're just melting because, I'm, you know, I'm not because I'm sponsoring them, but because they're doing the OA program, you know, like in the big book. They're abstinence, 
they're shooting towards healthy body weight, and you know, plus we're you know we're working the steps and so forth. But um, I, I like the fact that um, when I was 18, between like oh I'd say it was 25 years before I came to OA, which was in June of '89, I could not wait to be 85 years old because I wanted to eat everything in the world, and the world forgives 85-year-old fat women. And you know I could not I could not wait. And as a matter of fact, I was suicidal when I came into OA uh, 14 years ago because I didn't have anywhere to turn. I could not live with excess food. It was my worst enemy. And I couldn't live without it because it was my best friend. You know, it medicated me. It took the edge off. It coated the nerves of life. It helped me to not grow up. It took all the hurt away. And that's what food was for me. But of course, I came in OA in June of 89. And um, I got a sponsor, which is crucial. It's crucial to have a sponsor. Cannot work the program by myself. And of course, I sponsor people. I have a food plan. Um, I'm abstinent, and you know, not only physically but spiritually and emotionally, which is it's a threefold program. Just being skinny. Um, if it was, if only it was just about not eating, I probably wouldn't be here. But it's not about not eating. It's about living without eating. Because I've looked like this since uh, December of 19, uh, December of 2000, or 1990, rather, forgive me, December. I looked like this for all these years. But um, I come to OA because I know my disease inside of me is growing. It's a progressive disease. My spiritual and my emotional disease are only getting stronger and stronger. And I've had friends like me in this program in the L.A. area. I moved to northern Michigan two years ago, by the way, where the OA was very weak. Believe me, Michigan is the number three state in the union for morbid obesity. Number one is Mississippi. Number two is Kentucky. I mean morbid obesity. People think I have AIDS back there. And, uh, but it's true. But what I'm getting at is, um, you know, I just came in and I started meetings in Michigan and I surrounded myself with people that want to work the program and I, and I you know, and I, I work the program as well. But I did get a sponsor and because it's crucial, I can't work it alone. And I sort of phone call my former friends here in Los Angeles area. And it's a wonderful, it's a, it's a spiritual community to me. It's a spiritual way of life. That's what Overeaters Anonymous is. You know, after 14 years, I, I mean, I want to do it forever until I die because it's not a college course. Like memorizing the literature means nothing, and I know it all after thousands of meetings. Um, you know, it's not an endurance contest. As a matter of fact, I, we always, it's a day at a time. Whoever got up the earliest today has the most abstinence in this room. And I didn't get up till 7.30, so there's probably a lot more abstinence in this room than me, which that's what I love. You know, it's not an endurance contest. And, you know, it's just a fantastic way of life for me. When I move or I travel, which I travel frequently in my occupation, the first thing I look for is not a restaurant like I used to before. I look for a meeting. And if it's not this meeting, it's another meeting. That's, you know, it's a 12-step meeting. Because it's, it's my way of life. And I can't, say, I can't believe that I made it to 53. I wanted to be dead when I was in my early 20s. I hated to face life. And then, of course, 14 years ago, I really wanted to be dead. And I bought a cemetery plot. But I, I'm so happy that I have a program that saved my life, that makes me look at life differently, that makes me want to live a life, and also, you know, to help others. That's usually not my nature. But... Frankly, it is my nature because I've learned how to do that in this program. When I do that, 
then the food becomes irrelevant. I'm very <coughs> indifferent to it. So this is, uh, I, hope I'm, I hope I'm speaking at meetings when I'm uh, 73 and 83, and I, I'm looking forward to that. You, I would never have said that over 14 years ago. I'm looking forward to getting old. I mean, to, to aging, rather. But, you know, we're, you know we're, we're young at heart, but I mean physically aging, I'm looking forward. I mean, I'm not looking forward to it, but it's going to happen. Because I wanted to rush my death uh, before OA, and now, you know, it'll happen when it's going to happen. So, anyway, thank you very much. I'm Lily and I'm a compulsive overeater. And this is the weirdest thing. I never felt I had to qualify how old I am. <laughs> Better that in the pounds. Anyway, I'm 61 and I was at a meeting recently and I came in and these, a lot of newcomers there and a lot of kids and I looked, isn't that great? People are coming in so young these days. How wonderful. And then I said, hello, I came in 30 years ago. I was young too, you know. I forgot that. And the thing is, I think there are so many things we learn. I'm sorry, Mr. Pitcher, there's a specific area of growing older. You don't grow older in 68 what it used to be. God knows. Um, but I'm never where we going to get it to be, ever. Because as long as you say young at heart and you feel young and all that, I do not feel 60. Um, but anyway, the thing is, when I came in, it was very exciting. And there are a lot of things that you learn. And I know it's a large part of the program. And a large part of those are just living, you know. When you get to be able... So the tools, now I've been, I was in the program for once, I was gone for 15 years, I came back, it's been July 3rd, we 11, one day at a time, will be 11 years of abstaining, which is really the part that counts, yeah. okay, thank you. Um, and I gave up carbs this week, and I keep saying I feel like Lloyd Bridges in the airplane, I said, bad weeks have given up carbs, bad weeks have given up, but uh, on the other hand, the week's half over already, it started Wednesday. And just as a test to see if there is some way I can knock off this extra layer that doesn't need to be here, but I kind of been maintaining for eight years, so maybe I shouldn't say abstaining. But eight years, I stayed at the same place. I was really grateful to get to. I just wanted to be a normal size again, and I was 75 pounds, and I'm within three or five, six pounds of that. Um, but it's like, you know, I had a momentary, someone speaks at a meeting sometime, and you hear them, and you hear it really clearly. And he said, yeah, well, if you don't think you have a problem with carbs, give them up for a week, see how you do. Okay, it's like I got a lot of resentment because I gave up sugar, I gave up bread. I gave up the foods I love. God damn it, isn't that enough? And the answer was like, it's enough to stay here. But, you know, it's a rule if you want to lose more, you're going to have to give up something. So we're going to see how it goes. It's not my answer, it's a food plan, and we'll hope for the best. But um, I was kind of excited to see that there's like a 50 plus meeting. Because I always thought, too, when I hit 80 or 90, I'm eating whatever I want, I don't care. And then I'm sitting listening to Doris Siegel at 96, and I'm saying, 
Maybe I'll change that plan. <laughs> then I thought, I mean, one day at a time is one thing, but 30 years from now, I don't think I have to worry about today, you know? Um, but I seem to have great longevity. My dad passed away at 92, and my mother's still going strong at 96, so I probably will be here, you know, unless I do something stupid. Um, I've never wanted to not be here anymore, ever, because somehow the optimism was with me when I got here, and there are moments. I mean, there have to be more depression or anxiety and stress and tension and worry, I don't think you're human if you don't sometimes have them. But the tools of the program have helped you not only with food, but in all areas and just giving you something to turn to, whether it's just turning it over to God, I can't deal with this, or being able to say I don't know, which are the hardest words to get out of my mouth, but someone has to I don't know, whatever it may be. And that we're not responsible to know everything for everybody. And that sometimes having this, just owning up to having the stress. Like when I had a sponsor when I started back, I said, oh, I'm so sad, I'm so depressed, I'm going to cry. And she would say, okay, so you're going to cry, and then you'll finish, and then you'll go on, but you're not going to eat, you know? Like, so you'll cry, so it's not like the worst thing in the world. And, oh, that was a big lesson to learn. You know, it's like anything to avoid those feelings. Just shovel it in, shovel it in. So I think it's a combination of a lot of years in OA, and generally just living longer that lets you see kind of the big picture. You know, there isn't this crisis, oh my God, I must solve, I must do this. Okay, wait a minute. You know, let's just take it out of that little area and look at the bigger picture. And so, and like options and possibilities and all to just kind of open up because you're able to sort of take that deep breath. That's why you typically went all about, if you can keep your head when they're all losing theirs and all that. And it's like we're a little older than the rest of them. It's one of the reasons we're there. It's just kind of help them to calm down and to just say, okay, the worst thing you could do is panic, <laughs> you know, give a good scream, get it out and stop and just chill. So it's a lot of the program and it's a lot of living life, but thank you very much for being here. Um, are there any burning desire? <laughs> it's now time to close this session. Please join us in a moment of silence for people still suffering inside and outside these rooms, and then we'll circle for the serenity prayer. No <laughs> boy.